thing where it's like the, the dude sitting in a chair and the TV's just like blasting wind in his face? <laughs> yeah. Is that you? Are you the TV? Are you the fan? I'm both. Ding! Dreams of some noble dreams With his fingers and toes And everything in between With his friends and his foes And come see what that means Dream of some noble dreams Initializing Oops, that was Here a one so second track Here we go so weird. Baby weirdos Ah, Baby weirdos Hello, friends, and welcome to episode six of the Noble Dreams podcast. This is your host, Noble, reporting from the back porch of a secret location. And today is the episode in which we speak with Sam and Kate and uh, Twainy and Martin and Whaley uh, about their trip on the long trail. And we'll get way more into that in a few minutes. I'm uh, feeling a little bit hyped up because we just recorded a little bit ago and uh, smoked cigars while we were recording because we thought that would be fun. And um, I do not use tobacco products very often, and when I do, they get me pretty amped for a bit, uh, which is sort of a fun feeling and sort of a little overwhelming. And then we kind of did a uh, mad dash to the airport because we didn't, uh, well, we didn't, uh, what's the word, allocate our time super effectively. But that's okay, and I am hoping they made it. I haven't heard back at the moment. So, a few housekeeping things. Number one, uh, a huge thanks, a huge, 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 huge thanks to Danny, who has uh, um, donated to the podcast using the tip jar feature, which is located in the show notes section. Um, And that is a way that if you would like to monetarily donate to the podcast, uh, it's an easy way to do it. You can use your card or whatever. Um, And that's hugely appreciated. Uh, This takes a lot of time and effort, and I love doing it, and it's also really nice to have some support. There's definitely, um, it definitely has costs financially associated with it, and if you have a few dollars to spare, or a few thousand dollars to spare, whatever you feel like giving, I just am super duper grateful for that. And, I've said it before, but if you are using the Apple Podcasts app, you can rate the show with stars. And write a review on there. And that's really helpful for people who are coming to the podcast fresh. They can come in and check that out. In fact, why don't you, if you're doing that and you'd be willing, so willing, just pause right now and go into the podcast app and just uh, put some stars on there. Because um, it's easy to forget to do that. And it's a very small effort that can make a big difference. I have a dream goal that I put out as a prayer and goal uh, to have a thousand listens um, by 10 weeks. And um, we, that, that, that went out a little bit before the podcast was launched and we're at over 400 already, which is really, really incredible. Uh, I have a way to, it's kind of cool to track it. And um, so I can see how many people listen to each individual episode and how many where you listen to it and blah blah I don't see who you are so don't worry there's no private information or anything but that's just sort of stock standard in the podcast world you can have analytics of who's listening I mean not who of well yeah who numerically wise anyways so 
On that note, I'd be really, really grateful if this show is speaking to you in any way that's important. Please um, share it with a friend or an enemy or an acquaintance or someone out there that you just look at and you think, man, they want their ears filled with this. Um, Maybe, okay, so this week, last week, we did someone who you love sharing music with, and we did someone who has helped you through a really tough time. So this week, I would like you to share the podcast, if you'd be so willing, with someone who you love to cook with, who you feel like you enter really flowy, creative space with in the culinary realms, and um, that that gets you excited, that if you know that you you two are getting together and creating a meal together, it's going to be a real treat for you, and hopefully for them. If that person, the first person that pops to mind... And if that is overlaying in the Venn diagram between the person you love to cook with and the person who might like to be introduced to this world, then please do make that introduction. I'd be so grateful. And the next person, number two person, is someone who you get together with and you really treasure the fact that there's a lot of silence involved when you're together. That it doesn't, you don't have the sense that you have to fill every waking moment and every shared moment with um, chatter. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with speaking, of course. It's a big way that we communicate. Um, but just somebody who you think, yeah, I really love just being around this person. Just their presence um, is really important to me and special for me. And uh, So that's the second person, someone who you really enjoy silence with. And... Just a friendly reminder, please, if you need a refresher, go back and listen to the end of episode two for Bree Bree's missions, the uh, I Saw the Sign mission, so that we can have submissions for that. Please send them in, ways that you're going out and brightening up the world um, in your own creative and beautiful way. And then you can send in voice memos, you can send in emails to nobledreamspod at gmail.com, nobledreamspod at gmail.com. You can send me a message on Instagram. The Instagram is at Noah Days Noble Nights. At Noah Days Noble Nights. There's plenty of ways to reach out. Um, and yeah, so that's that's pretty much all I want to say about the housekeeping stuff. And um, so this week, yeah, we're sitting down with Sam and Kate. And these are two people that are very beloved to me. Uh, we already kind of share the introduction. Um, in the actual talk, so I'm not going to do a huge amount. Just know that they're very beloved people in my life. Sam and I talk on the phone for hours at a time every couple weeks, and that's the only person I really do that with regularly, and it's a really special thing, and we just connect on a, on a ton of, um, in a ton of places and navigate the same, the same sort of spaces in the world very uh, fluidly. And we also disagree on a lot of stuff, and we get pissy with each other sometimes, and that's beautiful, too. We're very much like brothers in that respect. Um, And Kate is his wonderful wife, and Kate and I are also dear friends. And um, having the three of us together is a real treat. And, uh, yeah, so I I started the hike with them, and then they've been on this amazing journey for the last couple weeks, and then we've spent the last couple of days together bopping around and exploring and um, so that's pretty much all I'm going to say. And uh, love you all. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope you enjoy this sweet, sweet talk. Oh, one thing is I, I, I gave them a little challenge to... Um, they had this little voice recorder with them. And I gave them a challenge to... An invitation to talk with people along the trail and think of one question that they could ask different people. 
So ask a variety of people the same question and see what answers they came up with. And there are a couple of those that um, I haven't even listened yet. So I'm going to pop whatever is usable. Um, I don't I don't know how the audio is and stuff, but that's going to be the next step. And I'm going to pop those in the middle of the conversation as well. There are also a few recordings from before we left for trail. We just had the recorder Oh, no. <laughs> Oh my god, turn this car around. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh god. Hang on, you fine. And so it's just us sort of goofing around and playing with each other and uh, getting ready to go on trail. And so on the first night, we were talking about that idea of just having the recorder going. And we're like, who would possibly want to listen to that just there's a microphone stuck in a room and you're just sort of there um we weren't in a room but the same idea and the answer that i realized was that i would and uh that's like a dream to me i just love listening in and sort of vicariously being part of uh you know shared space and so uh in the in the in the spirit of sort of creating what you want there to be in the world that's why i'm including it here because um although some for some people they won't I'm sure get it and want to skip ahead. That's fine. Do your thing. Um, for some people, you might enjoy just, it's a little bit more relaxed. You know, when we sit down and do the podcast, it's a little bit more tightened up. Like we're, we're trying to, for some, to some degree to present something. Whereas here we're just being our, you know, sort of usual goofy selves and uh, playing with each other. And so there's a little bit of that tucked in here as well. I brought a pillow. Do you guys like pillows too? No. I don't usually bring my chair, but now Whaley I do. Whaley is my pillow. Oh. Oh, I gotta get Seymour Petunias and uh, oh, Alfonso. Oh God, this is. Yeah. This is a dangerous move. Do it. I mean, obviously it's gotta happen. Nothing like a Payani and a Bud Light, a dip and a hike. You ever see me riding, Kate? I haven't seen you riding. No. I mean, if you think I'm an obnoxious now, <laughs> it is on like Michelle Kwan. <laughs> Talk about the spins. <laughs> when I came out and you were just like, oh God, I feel sick. And I, and, or no, it was when I went into the Ford. Dude, I'm about to route right now Dude, already. Don't, don't swallow that shit. You're going to laugh it down your throat. Oh, it's so potent. Oh, morph. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. I'm not even close. I have to like move some stuff around. Alright, so we are sitting here with who do we have? Kate. Sam. Sam, I don't know if your microphone's on. It says it is. It is? I can't hear you. It says on. Check one. You're number one. Keep talking. Check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> and, and Kate, do you again? Five, six, seven, eight. Okay. I think I turned around the wrong dial a minute ago. Oh, okay. Okay. So before we went on... So let's set the scene here. We're sitting in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And we're smoking small cigars. And one big one. And one, <laughs> Two small ones and one big one. We just had a really excellent brunch. 
and we're going to talk about your adventure on what? The long trail. The oldest trail, oldest through hiking trail in America. Tell us some uh, tell us some history about the long trail for those of us who do not know much about it. Let's see how much I can not butcher this. I think it was built in 1910. Completed so, in 1938, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it runs the length of Vermont, starting at the border of Massachusetts to the border of Canada. Um, it's 273 miles, and there are shelters in the form of like lean-tos and four-wall lodges every five to 15 miles for your convenience. Um, and it is managed by the Green Mountain Club of Vermont. And it is rugged as fuck. Are you guys from Vermont? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. We live in Colorado. Colorado? Mm-hmm. Mm. Which, when we, tell, when we told people that on the trail, we often get a similar response, which is like, oh, that's where there's real mountains. Mm. And we kind of roll our eyes because while they may be taller, they are certainly a lot more tame when it comes to the terrain. I mean, you've got you've got 14ers that can get rough and tough, but for the most part, it is nothing comparable. And and it's usually the tops of the 14ers. It's only the last couple of miles that are usually really intense. Um, the length can be intense, the elevation can be intense, but this is the beast coast, as people say, where trails are much harder. Um, you go straight up mountains, you don't have switchbacks, straight up and over. Um, yeah, grew up in East Tennessee, so it's kind of kind of similar. It's a little, little crazier out here because it's even older up here than it is even in Tennessee. So, But run on some trails in East Tennessee and in North Georgia where it is straight up and over that mountain and down the other side. No switchbacks. So uh, you guys have been in doing ultra marathons and long distance trail running races for a couple of years now, correct? That's right. And what got you into doing that? Um, I think that for me what it was um, kind of started with doing my first four mile run probably 15 years ago and wondering if I could do six. And then six became like the top run and I was like, I wonder if I could ever do an, a half marathon. So kind of just incrementally going up in the distances and wondering what was possible. Even when I did a couple of half marathons, I wondered, like, would I ever be able to hang for a marathon? And then Sam and I finally decided to commit to a marathon two years ago, and once we did it, it just became like, all right, what's next, what's next, what's next? What's beyond this? And that's kind of how it, I think how it goes for a lot of people. Yeah, I think for me, it was like I always tried to like running, and I never really liked running for the sake of running. I liked being in the woods. I liked running around in the woods, but to actually just do something. And, and to clarify, like we did, we ran a little bit when we did the long trail. Um, we did not run a whole lot. We ran when we could, and up here on the long trail, that's not often when you when you run like. And that's a it's a thing you hear a lot in ultra running is run when you can in these big races and. That was kind of our perspective. This is how we're gonna do it. And we'll get into it more, but you, you drop expectations when it comes to what is possible on a trail like the Long Trail um, with all your stuff. Now, if you were doing a race up here, there's a lot more you could run because you'd be lighter 
you'd be carrying less stuff. But anyways, I, I tried to get into it. I tried to love it. I liked playing soccer, but I always felt like just running for the sake of running was not that much fun. Um, eventually, and you'll hear a lot of people say, someone says like, I don't like running. A lot of times the response from somebody who's a runner is, well, you haven't run far enough yet. And there's a lot of truth to that. Um, running's not for everyone. It's definitely not, but I think it's for more people than they think. Um, and that takes a, takes going a little bit further because you do kind of cross the line where you go, oh, okay, I get it now. Um, and that kind of happened to me when I think I ran my first 10-mile run when we lived in Hawaii, and it was a shift. Like, okay, yeah, that, that marathon that I said I might do someday when I was a little kid because it seemed like a, I don't know, a romantic thing to do as a little child um, became more of a reality. And so when we signed up for our first marathon, did that. We saw this 50-miler that looked really cool, but we needed to do a 50K to run the 50-miler. So a month later, we did a 50K with um, the Human Potential Running Series in Colorado. And then we did a 50-miler, and that was the Superior 50-miler, which is also on an amazing through-hiking trail, the Superior Hiking Trail, um, which would also be very hard to run if you had all your stuff with you, but is possible, once again, when you, when you have some support out there. So... Uh, yeah, and then that just kind of led to like, well, I want to go further because I think I can. And, and a great day on the trail is one of the greatest days ever. That doesn't mean that every moment's great, but um, but yeah, it's good. Something that I was surprised about because I came out uh, and did a visit you guys in Colorado like a year ago. And Sam and I were out putting up markers for a race that was happening and the next day and we ran into the race director guy john and he also human potential human potential yeah. yeah that's that's the race series and um he was like and sam said hey my friend noah's here and blah 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 and and john said well hey if you want to run in the race tomorrow and uh that w- so i did the half marathon and i was surprised to learn because i remember you know i've read books and stuff about these ultra marathons and whatever whatever and I always pictured that everyone was running the whole time and it was like you're just at a jog or or more um like throughout whatever terrain and I was surprised to learn that really people it's 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 sort of like a hike and run like people like you don't you're not you're not at a run the entire time so I think it helped me put in perspective the like the potential to being able to do many more miles because it's not like it's you're not running up mountains no you're going you're going quickly but it's not like both feet are off the ground yeah i heard it termed adventure jogging and i like that a lot because you you do you hike a lot you power hike you learn to power hike um and you learn to be uncomfortable and be okay with it and that gets you through a lot you'll and you'll find too that when you become a powerful power hiker and someone is running next to you, you're going just as fast walking as they are running. So. Yeah. Uphill in particular. Uphill. Yeah. 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 Remember how I said, like, <sighs> Give me my this. God damn it. First aid is all fucked. Yeah. And I've got to move a bunch of shit. Yeah. Is that what you're doing right now? Yeah. Oh, I just dropped half the can on myself and the ground. There's a whole other can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, loosely Lou. 
Get your grippers going. Hey, um. <laughs> Get your grippers going. I gotta move this stuff to get into the. Oh, come on. I gave you all a warning. I said put it on. He did give a warning. I have to be real. He hood and not on the trunk. Did you put the. Where'd you put the recorder? Now the recorder's picking up some foul shit down there. And so, what got you guys interested in the long trail? Um, well, I lived in Vermont for a year and became aware of what it was when I lived here. This was like seven years ago or so. Um, and about three years ago, I decided that though I had done extensive backpacking trips in groups, I had never been alone and I was really craving an experience to be solo in the woods and totally self-reliant. Um, and I thought, well, what better than the long trail? I love Vermont. I've heard that trail is gnarly and beautiful, so I'm going to go out there and do it. Um, and I did. I did um, about 180 miles of it by myself two years ago and then took a friend back out last year to finish the northern portion that I hadn't done and um, shared the experience with Sam, told him how amazing it was and said we should really just do the whole thing together. And yeah, that's how this idea you came did about. It. And we did it. <laughs> you did it. You really did it. <laughs> I was really excited to come out and do it because of Kate's connection to the area and because I knew what the mountains were out here, that they were so just rugged, relentless. Like you do not get a break in these mountains out here. Um, a lot of this stuff in Colorado, you get a little bit of a break. Even when it gets hard, like there's a break coming up. Um, there's a couple of trails around that we'll do on the front range that are pretty in your face, but nothing's in your face for as long as the long trail's in your face. And that was a huge appeal to me, was to come see what where Kate had lived and where um, she'd loved being in Vermont. And I'd always wanted to get up here to the northeast anyways. And um, Vermont and Maine specifically, still haven't been to Maine, but uh, yeah, so. It just seemed to make a lot of sense. I was like, well, this is going to be hard. Um, and I'd never through-hiked anything this long. Um, run races that were long, but never anything like this. So, yeah, it was a big it was a big draw just to come get in, like, some of the hardest, hardest hills around. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, as much as, like... I have actively hated the trail when we're on it. Um, I really admire and appreciate the design that the trail builders had in mind, which was like very straightforward and not as careful and appeasing to all styles of hiking like it feels out west. It's just straight up out here, no switchbacks, as everyone knows. Um, the switchback for anyone who's not aware of mm. the way the trails are built is like a Z pattern that goes up a mountain in order to make it less steep. So as opposed to going straight up, you're going in like a zipper, like zip, 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 zip back and forth to make it um, more more manageable. Right. And there are spots in the long trail that have switchbacks. I put in air quotes, um, but they're more like Beer. spiral staircase sections. That's what it feels like. You like you just do a spin move, oh, yeah. and you're going yeah. back up. You it, don't really take a long horizontal yeah. and turn and go do like the next horizontal. You just kind of spin around and you go up. Yeah, you you walk like straight up, 
<laughs> for like 20 yards to a flat piece and then you turn and you look kind of the other way not quite maybe like 45 degrees the other way and then you walk straight up another 20 yards and then you get to a flat piece and so it's almost like an opposite switchback to what they really are because like most often switchbacks are a fairly flat long piece up a steep little you know like five foot section and then another long like slightly grade up and then a little steep piece to another long slightly grade up to a steep piece and the long trail is exactly opposite of that basically take those long slight grades up and make them straight up to like a flat piece where you walk like two feet to, to start the next like and steep I, scramble. I prefer it to be you know the shortest distance between two points is a straight line and if that thing is really bullshit hard I'd rather take that than the slow torture of a switchback I think that that's more soul crushing so it's all about our perspective did you know that the shortest distance between two people is a smile no Aww. I didn't it's physics mm. anyways um, <laughs> oh that's a different kind of math <laughs> yeah uh, emotional it's math on, it's motion and emotion um you're gonna find a quarter in your ski boot someday. That's a rollerblade. <laughs> in your rollerblade boot. Do y'all think I need a raincoat? It's so hard to say. No, it's not gonna rain. Oh. It's, it's like solid when she it's just, not raining. She jinxed the fuck out. Yeah, sorry, I'm bad. not making I'm that face sorry, dude. I'm sorry. So, you guys were really ambitious with what was possible to do. And. On the very first night, I hiked out with you. I don't know if you guys remember. It was a couple of weeks ago. And <laughs> I've forgotten everything. We didn't, we didn't hit the trail till like 8.30 p.m. Wait, who? What are we doing? Who are you? <laughs> what? Who are you? Oh. What's your name? Well, don't worry about me so much. This, oh, okay. This, you, you are the guest on the show today. And so, <laughs> um, and so we hiked out, but we didn't hit the trail uh, till like 8.30 p.m. because we were on a... Um, uh, we were on a journey to try to find a snack shack that we, we found out the hard way had been closed. Um, and some other stuff. So anyways, um, and that night it was like, it was probably the warmest night of summer in Vermont so far. And we were uh, like, I remember having like rivulets of sweat just pouring down and off of my elbows. Uh, and that the trail was pretty difficult. and. So I guess my question here is, um, how how did how did the original plan? What was your original plan as far as distance and time, and how if if at all did that change along the way? And when did you realize <laughs> if it did change that maybe it required some adjustment? There's a lot of layers to that answer. Let's um, go through. All right, one by one, just peel them back. Um, so originally we had planned on ten days. Is that what we said? We said ten, a, days. ten days on trail. Ten, eleven. Ten to eleven, like it'd be kind of ten and a half. Um, which, if you divide it, it's it makes it about a marathon a day. But because of sections that are more technical and sections that are less, you end up doing more miles on some and less on others. So we had kind of a loose idea of where we'd be pushing 30 to 40 mile days and where we would be backing off to like 15 to 15 miles to marathon days. Um, all of that becomes dependent on other factors like weather 
and injuries and jet lag and all these other things so we had to allow for some flexibility in our plan so I would say our plan changed almost every day that we had a set mileage we probably made our daily goals three or four times out of 14 days and that, which didn't matter but um, one thing about the long trail and maybe all through hiking but I'm not sure I, th I feel like almost especially in this instance because it's so technical is that you can start off with a plan and it's never gonna turn out the way that you expected because it's so technical um, you really have to allow yourself to have no expectations of how the day is gonna go what your speeds gonna be um, we were doing a lot of runner math in the beginning like all right if we keep up this pace the whole day then we're gonna get here at this time and it's like well no you're gonna end up going through a thicket for six miles and you'll probably get a mile done in an hour and ten minutes sometimes um, and feel like you're making no progress and that day you're just gonna do 15 miles instead of 30 so having to constantly practice acceptance with um, you don't get to dictate the trail was kind of a constant yeah constant and, lesson yeah and it I think the trail changed my relationship to my watch a lot. Um, it's like she said, we were doing that runner math, and our buddy John calls it stupid runner math, because it is. Um, because you go in with some ex expectations, but, like, be real, you're only ever running on the track when you're running on a track, and who wants to run on a track, really? Like, um, Noah says he does. I've always is. wanted to run on one of those ones that's banked. Like a velodrome. Oh, well, those are fun because then you can, can just book it. yeah, and you can get I've like a you can get like some G force on that. It's like running on a mountain bike trail if you get like on the berm and you yeah. run real fast. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Anyways, um, yeah. So I eventually was like, you know, this watches it's it's holding me back in some ways, uh, but also is is needed in some ways because you know, we'll probably talk more about this, but you get into such a brain fog from the calorie deficit of pushing as hard as we were pushing, like with your, with your, just your eating and your schedule eating. So you want to pay attention to your time for like what you're eating, how often you're eating and see like what makes sense, what feels good day to day, because you've only got so many calories for three and a half to four days out there. And so you have to be smart about not eating all of them too quickly. But you also have to be smart about not going into such a deficit that you're just completely crashing and totally dumb. Because, um, you know, your, your brain needs some amount of glucose in it. And if you run through your glucose stores, you have to put more in there. And so you have to eat more calories. And, um, so, so that was, that was a thing that the watch had to stick around for, but the, the whole idea of like, well, this is the pace that we're trying to set, like that goes out the window pretty quick on a trail like the long trail. Um, and really in trail running in general, it should kind of go out the window unless you know what you're actually in for, then maybe you could go, okay, well, I think I want to do this and I want to try to do it this way. And, and maybe I can go this fast, especially if you're an elite runner. Um, yeah, so when we started, it was like we did six miles with you, Noah, when we um, first started. 
It was special. <laughs> it was so special. It was awesome. Uh, and then and then the next day we did another, what, we did like five or six more with you at that point. Yeah, up to the top of Jay Peak. Yep, to the top of Jay Peak. And then we carried on from Jay Peak, and Noah turned back, ended up with a, um, well, I guess we did four with you because you ended up with a 16-mile day total. My math right? No, my math's not right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyways, we kept going. That second day was a real humbling experience, um, and we got ten total done that day, maybe eleven at most. And I just I was falling apart. Um, we were soaked. It was so hot. We were soaked. It was not raining, but we were soaked. Like my shorts weren't dry at all. My shirt was not dry at all. My backpack had already soaked through. Um, everything was wet and, and then it, it rained the next day, I believe. So we stayed soaked. Uh, we had chafing by day two. We were chafing, um, in the thighs just from being wet, just from sweat had not rained yet. And we were already chafing, um, on, you know, from the pack and from just, you know, my ass crack was chafing. There's a lot of bad chafing things going on. Lots of gold bond was used, lots of uh, lubes of various kinds, and and then eventually, um, eventually it, it cooled off a little bit. The humidity dropped, and it made things a lot easier. Uh, but th- then fast forward, though, like because you mentioned the injury thing, and we were coming off a of camel's hump, and I slid off a rock on the back of camel's hump, and I uh, stuck my foot down in a and a crack when that happened, which, uh, and my shin took like the full impact and got a, a puncture wound where the puncture wound wasn't really that bad, but the, uh, the impact on the shin was pretty horrible. Um, yeah, it's still pretty, my foot's still really swollen. Um, so, and I, when it, when it happened, I just, the first thing I said, and it scared me even the way I said it was, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. And that's what I started saying. Cause I started thinking, like, I don't know how deep this puncture wound is. I don't know if I just broke something. Um, and then it was, you know, anytime I stub my toe, even now, um, in a shoe or not in a shoe, pain shoots up through my shin bone, like some kind of really horrible, sadistic bone harmonics. And, um, and it just hurts. It hurts really bad. So, but that day of Camel's Hump, that was maybe four miles into the hike when that happened. And we had, uh, we were planning to do 30. We ended up doing a marathon that day. Um, and then the next day we ended up doing 38 miles. And, uh, and then we got off at the end of the Long Trail in Killington, which, um, plug for those guys, if you're hiking or if you're not hiking, if you're skiing, Killington, whatever you're doing, if you're going through Killington, in at the Long Trail is a wonderful place. Um, very cozy people couldn't have experienced more hospitality. They were so welcoming, drove me to the hospital so I could make sure it wasn't broken. Um, it wasn't when the swelling goes down, you can feel a nice little crunching around in my shin, probably of like some tendons that are messed Mm. up. But since it wasn't broken, I decided, well, pain is pain. I'm not gonna, I'm just going to keep going. So, um, we kept going that day well after the 38 mile day i'm sorry before we got to the long trail we did the hardest half marathon i've ever done in my life um to get to killington and uh yeah there was a moment where i was just like pretty much left my body blackout pain hurt so bad and so, so i just want to organize that better for everybody 
We did a 26-mile day on the day that Sam injured himself. The next day, we did 38 miles. Arrived at camp at midnight in a totally like hallucinatory and broken state. And then woke up to do a half marathon to get to the inn. That's how that went. Yeah. That's how that went. And then... And that's why the half marathon was the hardest half marathon Do you know ever. what day it was that you bonked your shin? The 25th of July. Yeah. Do you know what day of the week that was? Thursday. Yeah. It's, I was just thinking, that, <coughs> just because we're so spiritually connected. <laughs> <laughs> the, next, the next day I was, I was um, stacking wood for somebody. And somehow when I was romping around the stack... I, I launched a piece of the wood into my shin, and it immediately it egged up like like you'd get an egg on your head in like a tenth of a second. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if I had like popped a, a vein or something mm-hmm. that was filling with it. But like a couple minutes later, like you said, it was like an out of the body. It hurt so bad that in that moment, and like I'm sure there's like objectively worse pains in the world, like a lot worse, but. In the moment, I was like, I can't imagine something hurting me. But anyways, it's just as a little aside, but I was wondering if that happened to both of us on the same day. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty close. Where's my hiking shorts I packed? Oh, here they are. Great. We have to go to the store to get you some goddamn hiking shorts after all this. Oh my god, I'm already flying high. <laughs> yeah, right? It just hit. It still does it to me sometimes, and I'm just like, real shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was, I still don't know. I mean, I haven't processed like what all that means, like pushing past that. It felt more important to me. Like I told Kate a couple of times, if this was a race, I would just drop out because this is miserable. But like, this meant a lot more than a race ever does because this is just life. And I mean, a race is just life too. That's all it is. Um, it's nothing more, nothing less. And yeah, you want to make a time, maybe you want to finish, you want to do, yeah, everybody has their own goals. Some people are really good and they want to win or they at least want to get in the top three or whatever. They want some free entry to something by winning or, or getting to the top three or whatever it is. But for me, this was just like, no, this is so much more. This is, um, there's nothing else wrapped up in it except for just being out here and, and experiencing what it is and what the long trail has to offer and what the world has to offer and what I get to be able to do with Kate um, in this experience. That was that was the biggest part was we're going to go do this together and we're going to see what it feels like to suffer this hard together. Because, I mean, you know, when you're married, you, you, you get to go through a lot of suffering. You guys are married? Adversity. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Six years in like two weeks. Is it six you, or seven? Six. Oh, yeah. Just to go on a little bit of a tangent, we usually guys mo- maybe both speak about um, how and where you met. We we all met. I'll just take that part mm-hmm. for a second. But we all met. We worked on the same at a program in Hawaii, on the Big Island of Hawaii, in 2013. So when we started, Sam and I started on the fir- on the first you know day we came in together for training and stuff, and uh, we of course didn't know each other before then. But I think um, for those listening out there, um, because um, uh, <laughs> uh, just, yeah, just talk about meeting each other and what that was like and, and what that's been. Because, um, yeah. You go first. Um, how we met there? We met... 
I don't know why I feel so self-conscious all of a sudden. I just remembered that I'm on a podcast. I guess that's why. Um, we met at Pacific Quest and fell in love immediately. That's really what it is in a nutshell. And we were um, married two months after the day we met. Um, neither of us had ever had marriage in our sights. I certainly never even wanted to live with any romantic partner ever in my life. Um, and never had. And that all changed when I met Sam. Period. That's, that's a pretty good assessment of it. I knew, (laughs) I knew in 10 days that I would marry Kate and I never really thought I would get married. Uh, I didn't really, you know, I was like, I don't even know, man, this, this is just isn't for me. Marriage just isn't for me. And, uh, wait, what was that quote? that you said to your mom when you were little about the things you'd never do? Well, so when I was when I was little, I said, there were three things I would never do. I would never drive a car. I was never going to get married. I was never going to wipe my own butt. I think you do all three of those. Yeah, I do all three now. You lied to your mom. I know. Um, so, <laughs> thank God I learned to wipe my own butt. And, and, uh, and met Kate driving a car i don't know it's it's cool it gets me places um but yeah in 10 days i knew that i was gonna marry kate and so we were on an off shift um in this place we worked in hawaii you do it's like eight days on and six days off so we were on an off shift and i said um to kate i said well you know i've only told two people this ever romantically but i know that i love you and she said yeah i know i said and also i know i'm gonna marry you though i said that the next day and and she said yeah i know and that was it i was like all right well cool we talked about that like you want to go get some coffee and so we went and got coffee um and and that was really all there was to it two months later we got married people say when you know you know um remember my parents came up visiting Hawaii and I, I told my mom, I said, so I met this woman and my mom goes, oh, 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 okay. She said, you could just tell by the way I said it, that it was like, that, that this is it. And I said, when did you know that you were going to marry dad? She said, well, I knew he would ask me on the first date. And then I, we had another friend and I, and I had, when she heard about it, she said, yeah, my dad knew he was going to marry my mom before he'd ever even met her. He saw her across the room and said, like, that's the woman right there, and I'm going to marry her. So I think there is definitely some truth to, like, you just know there's some weird cosmic thing that I think sometimes you just know. And that happened for us, and that was uh, it was pretty amazing. I've never been more sure about any decision. It was like it wasn't a decision. It wasn't a choice. Mm-hmm. It was just following, like, what life put there. What? Look at that outfit. Oh my god. Oh my god. What happened? Are you getting sick? He's just oh, it's hitting me. Yeah. He'll be fine because he poop. was the first time. And then, he, it like, and I told him, I was like, just wait 10 minutes. And he went, or, no, I think I said, no, remember five. we were at that like 40. Right. And I said, I'm going to go in here and talk. Like, I'm getting nauseous. I'm like, don't spit it out. Like, just wait. No, I don't think it's. And I came back to the car and Noah was going like, I can do anything I want. You guys want to dance? And like, just blah, 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 just like losing his mind. It was True. so fucking oh, yeah. hilarious. 
solidarity right I've been there. off my cocaine. Is this cocaine? Sammy, you better tuck your shirt in. Dude, I'm losing motor function. Why? Because we have... Okay. I always get stressed about these plain things. And we're back. Uh, take quick pause and change batteries. Um, okay, so I don't remember where we were talking about before I asked you to talk about meeting each other. Um, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, just just that it was really like doing this is a was a different thing than like signing up for an ultra uh, or for any trail race for that matter or any any kind of event where you're like trying to quote unquote perform. I think everything is training. Like that's there is no for me personally there is no like I'm showing up to perform. Like it's either. I mean, it's always training, so it's always a performance. Whatever, however you want to look at it. I think it's always training. Um, I feel like you were also saying something about suffering in marriage. Yeah. And so that, that uh, yeah, that's what got me there was the, um, that it, I wanted to, I wanted us to be able to experience, like, this adventure together. And I knew this adventure would be hard at times and there would be adversity. There would be some suffering, which I do believe suffering is a mindset. Like, that's chosen. Um you can be going through pain. You choose to suffer. Um, just kind of like you can be like, I have nothing to do, so I'm bored. Well, you chose to be bored. Um, having nothing to do doesn't mean that you're bored. Um, it's a mindset. So I think suffering is, is the same in that way where we, a lot of times, purpose our pain or adversity into suffering. So I knew there'd be a lot of that kind of stuff and there would be those moments of like actual suffering because I'm doing that in my head and then figuring out what that was um, and how to get out of that and to get to do that with the person that I'm in love with um, would be a really awesome experience on on every level like for for us uh, for us personally for us interdependently um, so that was part of the draw. So when I hurt myself, it was like, this is part of it. This is what it gave you. Uh, this is part of what the trail gave you this time. This is part of just what all of it gave you. Um, this is maybe some bad little foot placement decision that you made that you might think twice about that rock that's covered in lichen next time, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Those are obviously the pragmatic lessons to learn there, but... Uh, for whatever reason, in those moments, you, you learn a lot more than just don't step on the rock with lichen. And, and you learn to keep pushing and, and to accept what it now is. So for me, it was not a question. Like, if it was broken and there was a possibility of, like, getting sepsis or breaking it worse or, you know, causing a more severe fracture, then it would have been like, okay, now we need to reassess, like, is this something where I get a crutch and continue on the trail for as long as possible? Or is this something where I actually do need to get off trail and, and change what the trip is about? But since it wasn't broken, it was like, okay, this is going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. And I get to choose whether or not I'm going to suffer through it. And you can either just be the pain and you figure out how to take it. You figure out how to be with the adversity, how to be in it and hopefully be a better person because of that and not turn into a piece of shit while you're out there, which I did a couple times. Um, but like to just to keep moving forward because it's part of what you're given. And so that's what we did. Um, I was thinking about um, it might be nice to just give, we don't have to go through like brand names and gear, blah, 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 but um, just give people a sense of what's on your backs, what's on your bodies and what you're eating. 
um, just maybe like maybe like what a, what a day looks like, and, and within that, just you can speak about what equipment involves. Um, for people are less experienced with something like this. I'll do a gear breakdown and a food breakdown. Um, for like uh, specifically for anyone who's trying to go ultra light, which we were doing ultra ultra light. Um, I was carrying a 25 liter fast pack by Ultimate Direction. I will put the brand out there because I think they're awesome incredibly um efficient ergonomic and just makes a lot of sense to i don't know gear placement and your body and stretchiness and what whatnot so i had that i cut down um we both cut down those eggshell thermarest z-rest is that what they're called yeah we cut those down just to the size of our torsos, so I, I was carrying like a four-paneled piece, and Sam was carrying a six-paneled piece um, to cut weight on sleeping pad. I had a an ultralight Thermarest Hyperion 20-degree bag, which squishes down to like 18 I'm ounces. I'm gonna get nerdy. Um, <laughs> what's what's so funny? I'm just getting nerdy. Getting dirty. Nerdy. nerdy. Oh, nerdy. Yeah. Yeah whatever yeah. <laughs> um it's teeny teeny tiny um so that was the whole sleep setup we didn't take a shelter because we decided to rely completely on the shelters along the long tra- along the long trail as well as sleeping out a couple of nights um we did take bivy sacks like the really bare bones emergency shelter kinds just in case we needed like a ground cloth or if in the event shit really hit the fan and we had to use them in a serious way um, so that was the whole sleep setup, uh, and then I had long underwear, top and bottom, an extra pair of socks, a puffy, which I used as a pillow, a raincoat, which provides no purpose other than to be a second pillow, um, <laughs> piece Out of here. paracord, and a dry bag for food, and then toiletries and first aid kit, two smart water bottles, and um, started out with a Sawyer Mini, and I do not recommend that choice to anyone. I've heard their other products are great. What is a Sawyer Mini? A Sawyer Mini is um, like a very small filtration device that you can drink directly from. So you put it right onto your water, your water bottle. And you'll see most people out on the trail have smart water bottles because they their threads match exactly with Sawyer's, with Sawyer products. But the Mini clogged all the time had to keep back washing it and it just it was never working so those days or not days but moments every day where you just need to be chugging water you can't you have to like suck the hell out of this thing so started using water purification tablets and that made things much more efficient and that's pretty much the whole gear setup I don't think I'm leaving anything out basic toiletries trail toes gold bond which was crucial for drying our shoes out every night tell people what trail toes is trail toes is a lubrication um it's a lube and it's very viscous and you just rub it all over your toesies to keep them from getting blisters it's more viscous than than vaseline and, and it has and like a little bit of a glide. yeah and body glide it has a little uh what's the hydra sill or hydroglide or I'm something like that there's there's another one but it's it's more it's a little more waterproof water doesn't take it off quite as easily so when your feet get wet it keeps your feet kind of protects them mm-hmm. yeah which is which is i think one of the most important things 
that I learned from hiking out here that you don't run into as much in Colorado because your feet will dry out quicker, your shoes will dry out quicker out west. But out here, once your feet are, you know, there, there is something to be said to like, once your feet are wet, leave them wet. But you need to be able to dry them at the end of the night and you need to try to be able to start with dry feet if you can. And, um, and so the dry socks thing was huge. Um, I, can I finish what I was saying before yeah, you continue? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just wanted to finish my gear roundup. Um, so I had an extra pair of socks and then toe socks in Gingies for when we were running. And those keep you from getting blisters between the toes. Also, um, I notice a lot of people who are through hiking, they'll have sleep clothes and camp clothes and their hiking clothes. But to cut weight, we just took sleep clothes. We didn't have like a pair of walking around shelter at night in a separate pair of clothes because it was unnecessary and also we were too tired to do any of that anyways um as far as food goes to cut weight we didn't take a stove we didn't take any bowls or cutlery or any kind of that stuff we ate everything cold so it was a lot of bars a lot of nut butter a lot of lenny and larry's cookies which were my most emotionally comforting part of the day. <laughs> um, and then I did a lot of tuna and mayonnaise packets on tortillas every night and cabbage cheddar. Yeah. And ranged anywhere between three and 5,000 calories a day. Yeah. I, would, I would say the only difference in, uh, or that you left out poles. Oh, um, poles, trekking poles. Yeah, trekking poles. You know, some people don't like them. Some people don't like to use them. I think on something like the long trail when you're doing big miles like this, they help when things start to fall apart because it gives you something to kind of lean forward on. Um, as you move forward, you can start to feel like a four-legged creature instead of a two-legged creature. In my case, I was joking that I felt now like a three-legged creature um, because <laughs> the one leg wasn't doing me so well. Um, those are really important. And... Uh, yeah, I think that I took I took Whaley. Uh, Whaley is a he is um, he was I, I call him an emotional support pillow, um, and he I have to have some sort of like pillow. Uh, but we have this stuffed whale who turns into a neck pillow. Whaley, he's actually here trip? with us. Whaley, Whaley, how was your trip, bud? Hi, it's me, Whaley. My trip was great. <laughs> I sat on Daddy's back the whole time. I got to hang out with my mommy and Daddy. Yeah. I'll be in the show notes if anyone wants to see what I look like. <laughs> Whaley sent me a uh, Whaley sent me a picture from a space along the trail. White rocks. That was yeah. special. Yeah, he he really liked white rocks. Um, <laughs> he's 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 uh, he's kind of a bastard, but he's usually he's usually really uh, really sweet and kind and caring and. He's a total sweetheart. He, he is. Gets a lot of kisses. I want to put it on right now. I know you do. You can. What? You can. Okay. I just can't reach. My arms are locked up. <laughs> I was yeah. wondering, speaking of bastards, though, uh, I've noticed when I was on the trail with you guys and since then when we've been bopping around Vermont for the last couple of days, that oftentimes a couple of other, there's a couple other people that come along, uh, I forget their, I think their names are Martin and Twainy and, um, how is it do? How is it being on trail with with those guys? Maybe we could ask them even. Um, you know, hold on, Martin. Martin. What? 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 Twenty key. Sorry. Okay. Let's get him. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, so... They're here. Fine. Yeah. All right. Since you guys are here, since you always seem to show up in opportune moments, that was a, that was a long trail for you. <sighs> well... It was a pain in my ass. Well, Twain was really... Twain was really, like... You know, she was really, like, going there. She did a lot of hip bridges. She did a lot of... Um, a lot of left paw cramps in the scramble part. She was really honing on some things. I was doing a lot of technical moves, and I was spraying beta to Mark, but he wasn't really taking any of it, so he took quite a few falls. I took quite a few falls because I wouldn't take Twain's beta spray, but I like I mostly I know all the beta of the trail already because I'm a I'm kind of like a squatch, and I'd been there before, so multiple entities and versions of myself. Um, I'm what you might call Martin Fluid, and I can just kind of be like Alex Mack, wherever I want to be. Did you find it frustrating that Twainy was hitting on all the hunks on the trail? Well, what I found frustrating was their response to Twain more than Twain's hitting. He was enormously jealous, is what he's trying to say. What I'm trying to say, Twain, is that when the hunks would respond by just talking about Twain's tiggle bits... I would just be like, look, she's more than just a pile of a pile of bits. And you Yeah. So he would try to stick up to me and I'd be like, Martin, stop it. They like the tig old bitties, let them like the tig old bitties. There was lots of motorboating that happened, I'll have to say. Lots of motorboating. Mostly from Wiley. Mostly Wiley was the main motorboater, but it's 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 really hard to get the miles in when Twain's gotta constantly be like turning sideways to get her to go bits through the bushes and like keep the hunks off for the motorboating. There were several technical moves, including on Mount Mansfield. I don't know if anybody's heard of it, but there's a notch that you have to crawl through. And trying to get my Tiggo bitties through one at a time caused me a lot of stress, tumultuous trauma and pain, and I never want to revisit it again. Yeah, we're going to get a reduction, a bit reduction, when we get back to Colorado for so that maybe next time when we go for one of those um what they call them they call them a uh, uh, FTTs fastest titty times then maybe we'll be able to oh golly to All achieve right. one of those right. next question not for not for Martin well Tanner. I'm not done talking no, yet I think we have to move on oh. Oh, okay well um so here's the question for, check please here's the question for Sam McKay um so. This is a two-part question. Answer either one. Uh, since I like to focus a lot on this podcast about things that are, people are doing in the world to sort of make it a, a more palatable and lovely place. And my question for you is... My questions. Um, one is, like, what is something that sticks out as that was, like, a really pleasant surprise that just sort of brightened your day in a way that you didn't see coming? And, and that could either be a person or otherwise. And then... And then the other one is like someone that you met along the trail that really, really stuck with you. And I'll share as well because I had, even in my one day experience, um, that. Hmm. Can I answer the per? I'm going to just talk about the person. Um, this person is not a hiker. He is a bartender at the end of the long trail and his name is Owen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever in my life seen anyone be better at their job in any capacity. He tended bar and served the entire tavern and did it with the most ease and grace and, like, flow state I have ever seen anyone perform in. 
all the while introducing himself to anybody that he didn't know, shaking their hands and calling them by name the entire time that he was serving them. Um, always cracking jokes, never being stressed out, even when he was slammed. It never once felt that way, and it was just a, a thing of beauty. Yeah, I, I remember Owen at one point saying, uh, he was like, they have this thing they call a Vermont half at, um, at the Irish bar there, and it is, um, it's a long trail uh, ale with a Guinness. And so they call it the Vermont half, um, as opposed to the half and half, which is... Like a black and tan. As opposed to like a black, yeah, it's not a black and tan though, because that's the okay, that's a that's the English, that's the English, and that is actually um, was an oppressive, oppressive terminology. Um, so they call it a half and half in Ireland, um, and so, uh, anyways, they uh, someone started started this, and and he said uh, later because he was busy, he's like, I'm going to tell you about the. Where, where the Vermont half came from. And then it was like 30 minutes later and he finally got a moment and he just like walks back over and he totally held that in his head. Like he was going to have that moment still. He was still going to tell us where this came from. And he told us the story of how the Vermont half got started. And just that kind of attention to detail while you're holding everything in your head, like it, it was incredible to see. And his kindness towards everyone um, was incredible. And then also at the end, I mean, one per, another person for me was Oki for sure, um, who is, um, I guess you, the concierge front desk um, works that and, and just kind of manages a lot of the happenings at the end whenever he's working. And he was just such a kind, friendly person who wanted to talk, wanted to share stories, wanted to give you all the information, all the resources you could possibly need. Um, like I said, when my leg was hurt and I knew to go to the hospital, um, they got me to the hospital with Jen. That was her name. Pa um, Patty. Patty. Patty took me to the hospital and, um, and that was incredible. She only worked one day while we were there, but just all of those folks, that was amazing. And then, um, I think the one though, that when, when you asked that question, the first person that sticks out for me though is, um, Junebug was this woman that we met. We were coming down. Um, getting ready to get into town and we were pretty much out of food. We hadn't seen any water for a minute. We were getting low on water. We still had to get to town, quite a bit dehydrated and really low on calories. And she comes walking up the trail and she's like, hey, you guys want, um, she was get, she was section hiking the long trail. And so she was getting, going and doing this section. She's like, I brought all this food and I don't want to carry it. Do you want some grapes? And those grapes were probably the best thing I ate on trail the entire trip because it was that hydration. It was that sugar. It was fresh. They were cold still. Um, it she was, was real food. It was real food. She was so sweet. Um, was trying to give us more food. We're like, no, we'll really be okay. Um, and um, just just the grapes is, is amazing right now. Um, and that was one of those really unexpected, like, my spirits are completely lifted by this person um, in this moment. And, yeah, it was just, that was so magical. I have another pleasant surprise. Um, we had met this AT hiker in Killington, because for those of you who don't know, the southern... 100 miles of the Long Trail shares trail with the Appalachian Trail, so you are sharing it um, with other kinds of through hikers. And we met this one lady from England from Cornwall, 
in town when we were resupplying and we ended up running into her on the trail said hi exchanged pleasantries she went off ahead of us we caught water and then started hiking and on this day for some reason that hill <laughs> oh <laughs> squirrel <laughs> um there's like a few squirrels i've seen in vermont just ran through here and so anyway on this day <laughs> This hike up to White Rocks, it was just a normal, steep-ass, like, two-mile hike. It was killing me. It was absolutely... I was so upset, and I felt battered and, like, personalizing what the trail was doing. I felt like shit. I felt like I couldn't move fast, and I just couldn't grind up this mountain how I felt I typically could. And... In the middle of the hill, this lady from Cornwall and her hiking partner were taking a break and looking at us and they were like, pretend it's an ultra! And they just started cheering us on like they were on the sidelines and telling us how good we looked. <laughs> and it fucking turned everything around even really though I was helpful. miserable. <laughs> just like someone there to know. <laughs> it just like... It, it tweaked something in a really powerful way. Yeah, she she knew she knew what that we, we had done and off. where we had and how far we were going that day, and that was really uh, nice to have somebody just like, "Hey, I'm in your corner right now." Um, yeah, there were so many there were so many good folks. Just, uh, do you do you know every time? What's that? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Hi, I'm Nigel Bates. I'm the lead caretaker on Mount Mansfield for the Green Mountain Club in Vermont. And the time that first popped to mind for me about my life changing forever was the first time that I realized it was possible for me to die, which <laughs> was on Mount Madison in the Whites in a violent lightning storm with sleet and 90 mile an hour winds and lightning and thunder happening all at the same time Jeez, and yeah. I had pressed on stupidly to the point that it was too late to turn back and I just had to get to the hut at that point which was about a half mile away but it probably took me an hour to get there and during that time I realized that there was a decent chance that I could get struck by lightning and yeah. there was absolutely nothing I could do about it and it certainly changed my perspective on just unvarnished daredevil antics i would yeah. say <laughs> yeah. um, which I, I still do dumb things mm -hmm. outdoors sometimes but i have a different sense of be, not being quite so invincible yeah change change maybe how you approach risk exactly yeah yeah, yeah. cool well thank you yeah, no problem um and and there were also lots of pleasant surprises that were uplifts, just just small little ones like where I mean Camel's Hump is a great example. I mean we just hammered out Camel's Humps like the we got up to the first shelter up Camel's Hump the day before and then just hammered out the rest of it much faster than I expected. But it was brutal to get up there. And then once you get up there, just to be greeted by that summit is just so powerful. And and I feel that a lot when I'm on trail runs or doing a hard hike. 
that whenever you get to the summit and you get that view or you get somewhere and you see the coolest mushroom or shelf fungus that you've ever seen or whatever it is, some tiny little thing in the forest or you have a small interaction with someone who's cheering you on that's in your corner. I mean, those are, those are the moments that make the whole experience. Um, there's also those little moments when you've done like the hardest day ever and you lay down in your sleeping bag and your feet are throbbing and you're the happiest you've ever been and everything hurts and you're just like, but that moment of, it's kind of, it's kind of sadistic because that moment of like relief is like, and Kate said that early on, you said like, sometimes I feel like I do this stuff just so I can feel what relief feels like sometimes. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I think that that, also is something that that relief is also showing you that there's always something to be grateful for amen my my mine was on the day back from so i hiked with these guys at the top of jay peak and then turned around and we had passed earlier in the day these two dudes and um i so i it was a yeah it was a long day for me and i was in like canvas shorts and skate shoes mm-hmm. and, and at the last shelter like where we had near where we had stayed or the second to last one there's like a water pump and the water to prime the pump was almost gone and we couldn't get the pump and all these people kept showing up and they're like oh thank god we made it to the shelter now we're gonna go get water and everyone was like uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good luck and um so af i met a couple at the shelter who had also done the superior hiking trail which is on the north shore of lake superior up in minnesota and they said this trail was relentless and bonkers compared to that which um i don't have as much experience on the long trail but my short experience would agree with that and then so i was like within i was i had about like a little maybe less less than a mile to go and i was like totally dehydrated and sweating and just like ready to get uh you know go find some ice cream and then and then I hear, I hear like this tinny little speaker of like, Mona Lisa's in Manhattan. And, <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? I'm John in the middle of the And I came across and I recognized the dudes right away. It was the same two dudes. And they were just like chilling so hard. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, hey guys. And they were kind of off the trail on this little, little offside. And I went and sat with them. And the one guy just immediately handed me this huge sack of trail mix and was oh. just like, yeah. And we, <laughs> oh, that's yes. awesome. And we were just sitting there and we just, they were just so friendly and so just re- chilled. And they, I think they had, um, they had done most of, if, I think they were finishing the whole trail. I, I can't, I don't know if they had done it in sections or, or all the way through. And they do hikes together all the time and had all these stories about going to different lodges in the winter and everything and. Um, they're called. They call themselves the Snail Brothers because. Because like, remember, we had passed them, and then I had gone all the way up and all the way back, and like I, I'm no hero, but I definitely went fast because I, you know, 60 miles is a long way for me to go. And they were like, "You went to the top of JP back like kidding me." And I was like, "Yeah, I know. I don't know." And um, anyways, the Snail Brothers. So, and they're they're from Burlington. So if anyone knows them that's listening to this, um, you know, get them in touch. We really. Uh, grateful to have met those guys it was such a nice way to cap the day and and it, it was really special to me also just to share a few minutes with people who had just finished this like moment monumental uh you know thing achievement and just see, mm-hmm. you know listen to them and see how they were feeling about it and how they were you know looking forward to getting a beer and sandwiches the next day and anyway so those, those guys were really really great and brightened up it was really good for me because I was in such a rush. I was like, man, if I don't keep moving, I'm just going to crash out. 
and then it was just such a nice reminder just like no just stop just chill for a little bit and like enjoy and be with people and you mm-hmm. know, it was really nice yeah we had a lot of those even like at our speed that we were going a lot of those moments where people would just kind of remind you like remember why you're out here like yeah. you are out here to go fast and to push yourself but you're also out here to stop occasionally yeah. and have good experiences with people and we met so many people we met a guy named snail that was his yeah. name <laughs> at the at the end that we had breakfast with and he was wonderful and and those days at the end were a great reminder because i mean we took a full rest day because of my leg there and uh and it was just nice to talk to people and to be with people and in that community. And we talked to several people on the trail, meet people coming the other direction, especially in the long trail portion where, cause people really know what you're doing. Yeah. The AT folks like a little bit, but not as much when it comes to the long trail. Cause the Northern part's harder yeah. um, for people that don't know. And, and you just stop and start talking and you spend like 15 minutes talking to somebody and you're just in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Like on the on the shittiest grade ever, and you're just like in just talking to somebody. But you're talking about real things facing you right now. It's like a, a whole different level of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's very vulnerable conversation too. Um, trail name is Graduate. I'm from Rutland, Vermont. Um, the moment I knew my life had changed forever uh, was my junior year of high school. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And um, I had, for years, I had plans to go into the military. And the moment they see that on your medical history, they ignore you. They stop calling you. Um, So I, so my entire life plan to like go to Annapolis or military school disappeared. um, And I Mm kind of cemented where I am now, which, you know, it brought me to nursing school, got me a job. And here I am on the trail, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy about it. But yeah, that was probably the, you know, I'm only 24. So Mm -hmm. I've got playing times for more opportunities mm-hmm. to change my life but that's probably the biggest one so far yeah, yeah. what well, what uh what's your focus on nursing um so right now because i'm just a new grad i actually got a job in rutland's pcu so i i've actually worked there for as an aide for the last two years so mm-hmm. it's a lot of cardiac stuff but I, w- I would love to go into pediatric oncology okay and work with kids with cancer cool yeah, yeah. so oh, yeah. that's oh, boy. that but that's my long-term goal i've got years to mm-hmm. you know develop a skills and experience before i head that direction yeah yeah awesome yeah. Is this the first through hike you've ever done yes cool yeah so it's i was i've done i've done hikes i've done camping so i just mushed it two together by myself and went up into the forest and <laughs> did it hell yeah <laughs> and how's it going excellent I, i've actually had, had about zero blisters as far as i've seen and nice yeah you keep meeting people throughout the trail you kind of develop groups of yeah. friends and uh, there's been this one group of like seven or eight people we keep seeing on and off. They just got off yesterday to go to Burlington. Okay. Um, so they're, they're behind me. One of them had just texted a couple of hours ago and she'll be staying at the puffer shelter. Mm-hmm. So she's right, she's seven, like five, six miles behind me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just kind awesome. of, it's neat who you meet and because you're doing the same thing. Yeah. And then with crossover, like, oh, we know about you from yeah. graduate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That relationship was solid and then it dissolved in three minutes. Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. And just keep doing that. Well, it was neat because on my way up, I met um, two, the guys who gave me my name. Uh, guys from, two guys from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Two retired guys. Who, one was the... Uh, Minnesota Symphony Orchestra for a couple of years. Oh wow! Oh, that's like he awesome. was he was a conductor, and I was like, I was "That's like, so cool." Yeah, I was like, "What the heck?" Like, you know, you never know who you're gonna meet out mm-hmm. here. His friend, the guy he was hiking with, was like a statistician, 
who like taught, who was a professor and he worked for like a company and yeah, just like he had his PhD in statistics and I was like, That's super dang, cool. I'm just, I never would have met them other than him. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's like, one of the things that makes it just so I cool. I don't do music. I'm not a musician. I right. Never <laughs> that guy. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, How, everybody has a reason to do it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because your butt's chapping and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, and, and that'll yeah. like that'll happen thirty seconds in. Like, right. how's your ass chafe? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. good. It's good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Losing. Yeah, it's been gnarly. <laughs> what time is it? Yeah, I'm we gotta go. We gotta, we gotta roll. get you guys to your airplane. So, um, jet so i was just wondering since we always do a song maybe i was gonna just ask for 30 second rendition for martin and 20 if maybe we could just do a little bit of genie in the bottle that we've been singing today all right yeah okay okay five six seven eight if you want to be with me maybe there's a price to pay i'm a genie in a bottle you gotta run me the Baby, if you wanna be with me, I can make, make your wish come true. You gotta make a big impression. I gotta, I gotta like what you do. What you I'm do. a genie in a bottle, baby. Gotta rub me the right way, honey. I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. Come, 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 come on, let me out. Thank you guys so much. I love you to the end of the world. Sure and let's go before we're early. Bye, love you. Bye, bye, bye. bye. Ah, baby weirdos. Baby weirdo break. Bless you, the dirt is baby weirdos over in the dark corner. Oh my fucking god, this is awful. That's what I was doing with. Whoa. Why is this now? Is it stopped? Yeah. Yeah, it's because it stopped. If you, maybe if you just walk faster. Because I wasn't getting anything. It might have helped. Yeah, but I don't know because we were keeping pace just. I don't know, she's fucking flying. She was I know, but you weren't like gaining ground, you know? Like you Jesus weren't that far ahead. Mary. That's why I don't understand. Uh, the she fact did stop, though. The fact I stopped is that, a few times to wait for you guys. Yeah, I see. Well, you, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm out of theory. Oh my god. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have any flies, though. I had nothing. Yeah, it's those flies, man. They just go straight into your eyes. Oh That's my what's goodness. like. It's like. That's the only, like I said, the only thing about this headlamp that I don't like is it doesn't have the red. Because that would be like, you get a little piece of, uh, just keep your eyes out for like packaging and stuff. Yeah. There might be something you could tape on. Just a little tiny lens. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. We should make meal bars that have wrappers that deflect bugs. Holy shit. Oh my god. This is I wonder, like... I wonder how good this thing sounds. We're getting attacked by flies. Spirit break number one. I bet it's that decent like that. I don't think it's going to help. Let's see. You want to see? Let's hear it. Let me light off that so it's going to help. Really? Yeah. I'm scared to turn it off again. That was just... Uh, we figured that problem.